the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 678, recorded on March 7th, 2023. the 678th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 511th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. So, um, I will start first because mine is simplest. Uh, I've been playing Embargoed, so I can't really talk about it right now. <laughs> um, actually... <laughs> I actually uh, re-downloaded a game from 2013 called Cities in Motion. Because I have an account with Gamersgate, um, which is uh, which is still around. It's still, you know, you can still buy stuff from it, right? But um, I had a press account with a, a, I had a press account until 2013. So I'm looking through these games and I said, you know what? A certain game that was revealed uh, yesterday inspired me to, to play Cities in Motion because... I always like a good um, public transit simulator, you know, and I'm hoping that's what they have with the upcoming game we're going to be discussing. Have either of you heard of Cities in Motion? No. Okay. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know if I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, there's games like it, like Transport Tycoon and that sort of stuff. Look up Cities in Motion. There was a sequel. It's supposed to be not as good. Um, I haven't played it, so I really can't argue towards that. But I did have some fun with the first game. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. So TJ, what oh, have you been? Oh, it's by Colossal Order, which is yeah. the same fu- people who do Cities. Uh, yeah, and lines. they yeah they they Paradox Interactive is the publisher. Yes. So TJ, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Octopath Traveler two. Okay, Scott, I, you finished that, right? I have not finished it. That's a long game. It's going to take me a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was joking. <laughs> okay. So, um, I like the characters in this one more than I like the first one's characters. They feel like... The first one feels like felt like it was setting a stage and establishing the formula. The second one feels like they're having a little bit more fun with it and writing interesting stories around it. And, like, yeah, you still kind of have archetypes of, like, character classes and all that, but, like, they're... The characters themselves feel like more than their archetypes. Like particularly, I'm playing Oswald, and I really like that character. He's a uh, he's a he's a scholar, which are like magicians in that world. Who uh, he was trying to discover the the quote one true magic that uh, is basically magic without use of energy, and. Uh, then his partner like screwed him over and killed his wife and kid and set his house on fire and and he got blamed for it and sent to a prison. Okay, that's dark. Yeah, it's intensely dark. There's there's quite a few dark stories going on in in this uh, game and I'm in the middle of the chapter twos and even some of the characters that started off uh, not feeling dark are suddenly starting to get dark. So it's it's very interesting uh, seeing what (laughs) got a good charm and sense of humor about it though too like mm-hmm. uh did you play uh, have you played a chet story at all yeah i played a chet story 
she's interesting. Uh, she hunts down uh, monsters, and she's a little bit like, um, damn it, uh, uh, man, I'm blanking on it. The Studio Ghibli of uh, Princess Kanuchi. Kun- Princess, Princess, Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. There we go. Princess Mononoke. She hunts Mononoke. down stuff and just eats their heart out, and basically that's what Ochette does in the very beginning of her chapter. She just... She's hunting down this giant lizard, and she starts nibbling on it, I guess. Is this what we're going to be expecting from Aiden Chronicles 100 Heroes? I, I don't know. It's totally different. Ochet is interesting, though, because yeah. like her, her, her fighting ability, she can capture monster-type cre- uh, enemies yeah. and and create a stable of monsters that use different attacks. So like where everybody else is like playing a typical, almost like, JRPG, almost fan, uh, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest type game. She's playing Pokemon. And, yeah. <laughs> and she's going to like, not only can she capture monsters they use in combat, but like Scott said, she can also consume them and turn them into resources that she can then like barter, like use to get good weapons and, and items. I also like the uh, cleric. I don't know if you've played him yet, TJ. But uh, basically, he's an inquisitor, and he will uh, try to get people information from people by, I guess, breaking their shield. So he gets uh, aggressive on interrogating them and getting information from them. Yes. And, yeah. So that Temenos that, is really cool. He's like the meanest cleric I've ever seen in a game. <laughs> yeah. But he like plays it off like he's all he's all joking around and lighthearted, but like. He'll he'll fuck you up, basically. Yeah. So pretty good game so far. Like I, I like what they've done with the stories beyond the first game. I feel like they're really like stretching their narratives and, and doing a good job with them so far. I, and since you mentioned uh in Chronicle, uh Jonah, uh Hakari's story plays like the beginning of a Sukadin game. Okay. You know, you you're this you're this disposed prince and you're uh, you're trying to go gather your your heroes. And the very first person you go recruit is a freaking uh, strategist. So that's so very Sukadin. Yeah, it's a blast so far. Yeah. Oh, and it's got like a stellar soundtrack. Oh yeah, of course. The, the when I got to the first boss with Oswald, like that game went from like uh, I'm having a pretty good time to. I'm going to play this all the way to the end and I'm going to download <laughs> this track and I'm going to listen to it over and over and over yeah. again until I hate it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so that's what game I've been playing as well. So, you know, just saved ourselves some time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So talking about the game that, that's been embargoed, I will say this, though. It is an indie game. Um, very indie game. And... See, I go to story page for a moment. I want to see the developer. Oh yeah, so the developer is the Knights of Unity. We're also co-publishing it with Surefire Games, and it struck me out of nowhere, but it hit all the right buttons so far. It's coming out on March 28th, so that's when it's supposed to come. But um, there's a lot of good stuff coming on uh, on Game Pass. Hey, you know that Civilization VI has just been announced for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Now, now I can play some Civ and get achievements for it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you know the thing there is it's only going to be the base game, and if you want to play the good stuff, you're going to have to pay for the expansions. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, not much quick news. Uh, one quick news is that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Bug are causing a save fail wipe, and it's 
connected to the DLC and the Pokemon Go link. So Scarlet and uh, Violet is still being a trash fire. I don't care what TJ says. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't a trash fire. I was just saying that I had fun with it. <laughs> Well, imagine how fun it is finding that you have your save file wiped off. I would not go back. Like, if you told me that my save file was gone, I, I would not put in the effort to get back to where I was. That that would be unacceptable. Hey, the I Pokemon games are so long. Like, can you imagine? I don't I don't like the idea of grinding anything for that long. And then suddenly I open up my game one day and my save file is gone. The Pokemon Company and Nintendo, stop being lazy. Make a new Pokemon game from scratch. Stop using assets. Stop using that creaky engine. That way you know you're just slamming different files on. Start Time to start over. Jeez. Well, and they've been under... They've been putting out games back to back to back to back to back for maybe two or three years now. They went from Pokemon Go... Pokemon Let's Go... Okay, they went from Pokemon Sword and Shield... Immediately to Pokemon Let's Go, immediately to Pokemon Legends Arceus, immediately to Pokemon Scarlet uh, Violet. Yeah, and the main – here's the thing. They don't really care about the games. The games are there to provide content for the merch. Right. That's all they're there for, folks. And, yeah, I know they're damaging the brand, but the games themselves represent such a small amount of, of, of money for them. My bigger concern is that they're moving to like a state like sports games, like like oh, yeah. EA sports games, where like this constant. Crunch You're waiting for the first Pokemon live every, service game, huh? Well, I mean, this constant crunch to put out something frequently, like yeah. on such a tight schedule, it, it, it feels to me like it's hurting the product. Like I want, I want Dragon Hunter uh, Ranchers again. Damn it. People can't be like people can't be like the Switch can't handle this the the what they're trying to do because Xenoblade Chronicles three is right there and that game is stellar. You remember like, Dragon Quest Ranchers? Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles three is like oh. a beautiful game with excellent combat that has like a hundred and fifty hours in it. And you're telling me that Pokemon Company can't make a Pokemon that <laughs> even just plays? Like just plays normal that won't erase my save file if uh, if an update comes out. Yeah. Sounds a little silly. I got I got it wrong. It's Dragon Warrior Monsters. Um, for those who don't know, that was uh, published by Enix before they merged with Square, um, and it was a Pokemon game which I felt was superior to Pokemon because I had gotten really bored with Pokemon, and Dragon Warrior Monsters was like a breath of fresh air in that genre. Have you ever played it? I've Dragon. never played that one. They, they need I've to, heard of Dragon Quest Monsters, but I've never... Dragon Warrior Monsters. Well, it's Dragon, Dragon Quest Monsters. Yeah. Huh. It's called Dragon Quest Monsters in Japan. It's Dragon Warrior Monsters here. But um, I don't oh. know if you... Have you ever heard of the uh, the Trust Thermocline? I have not. Okay, so strap in, folks. I'm going to describe this very briefly. It's a concept that was done by a tech person. And I thought, and I think it's happen, It's going to happen with NBA 2K as well. So um, you know what a thermocline is, right? When you're in the on the beach, right? And you're going down the beach, and you're going down the beach, and they're going down the beach, and it's getting a little bit deeper. And then all of a sudden, there's this drop, deep drop off immediately, right? And it's like really cold, and it's like, holy cow, where'd this come from? Like it's like the, the shelf just goes down. Well, that's the trust thermocline. 
and Disney's suffering from it right now, the Disney parks. And what happens is that um, what people don't seem to understand is that when you build up resentment, even though you're making money, that resentment is building. And when something happens, when people have an alternative, they'll switch the alternative and the resentment will be so deep that no matter what you do, you don't get them back. That's the trust thermocline. You don't know when you're in trouble until until it's too late. Are and you, what talk, are you talking about that whole thing with DeSantis taking away the district uh, right no, for self-governance? No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, – do you know what's going on with Disney parks right now? That's what uh, I was just they're talking doing about. A, no, 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 not that. They're doing a lot of anti-consumer shit and all, these price, this, all this pricing bullshit. And right now, uh, Paramount is building a huge park, right? Oh, no, Universal. Universal, I'm sorry. It's Universal, not Paramount. Universal is building this mega park, and people are concerned that people will go to Universal's park and not go back to Disney. No matter how much Disney, after that, you know, tries to win back favor with le- less anti-consumer stuff, it's called the Trust Thermocline. Just look it up. Uh, there's a video about Disney about that. Is this a different Universal Park than the one they already had, Universal Studios? Yeah, it's a new one. It's a new one that's that's still being built. Okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big rival in Florida. Well, I know I want to go to Mario World whenever that comes. <laughs> <up here. laughs> okay. <laughs> but my point is that if they ever brought back Dragon Warrior Monsters, I would be on that like white on rice. Because a few different games of that ilk, but. Uh... No, this one is really well made, and you get to breed different types of monsters together to get new monsters and that sort of stuff. It was really fun, and I really had a lot a good time with it. There's an entire fandom of people that will also claim that Monster Rancher games are also really good. Holy shit! Um, according to the Wikipedia article, um, Dragon Warrior Monsters is uh, was just released like two years ago on iOS and Android. Nice, it's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to check that shit out. It was the 3DS version. The one I played was the Game Boy Advance version. Nice. Yeah, the Game Boy Advance version, but it was back when you could just pop in a Game Boy Color game and you could play it on your GBA. Remember that backwards compatibility? And then yeah. when you had the G- and you had the DS, you could just pop in your GBA games. Uh, yep. That was good times. Yeah. But backwards compatibility is poo-pooed by Nintendo because they want you to pay for the same game over and over and over and over again. <sighs> How many times are you going to buy the original Legend of Zelda? Five, six, seven, eight times? All of them. All of the times. I agree with TJ all the times. <laughs> it's Zelda. Come on. I'm going to be buying Tears of Kingdom day one. I'm not going to wait. I'm getting that. There will be a day where I'm just sitting on my couch at night like, man, I feel like playing a Nintendo game. And then I'll go on the shop and it'll be like, oh, well, there's Zelda right there. Because I have the <laughs> Nintendo Switch online thing. <sighs> You're such a sheep. <laughs> You're such a sheep. I still have the gold cart, by the way, the gold NES cart somewhere here. That's still even like slightly better than it used to be, Jonah, because it used to be I had to go into my DS and then go into the eShop and be like, oh, it's three bucks there. Now I don't even have to spend uh, three bucks because it's already on my account. Oh, well, that's different. If you're not paying for it, that's fine. Anyways, uh, the big game news is Paradox Interactive had their show. And I didn't even know they're going to have their show until they told me a couple of days, like two days before. And what a show it was. 
Yeah, unlike the Sony show, this one was actually entertaining. Uh, we're going to skip C- City Skylines 2 for now, although that was the big announcement, and everybody's excited over it. Yes. Let's talk about some of the uh, other games they mentioned. Uh, the Lamplighters League, which is basically a tactical strategy game like XCOM. Looks really good. Uh, yeah, like, it, wait, what did you think it looked like? Well, the gameplay, I mean. It was very much like an XCOM game. Nice. Yeah, it takes play. It's basically a bunch of Indiana Joneses, each with their own special unique powers. And you do right. these and they do these. Uh, and basically the combat is basically XCOM. It's chock full of sense of humor. Um, it's a real time turn based mix. I'm just pulling up some of these games because uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see. Yeah. And it's going to be on Game Pass. Oh, this looks delightful. Look at the environments they have. Started. Yes. Yes. I told you, it's Indiana Jones. It's an Indiana Dude. Jones game with a couple of Indiana Joneses, except they're all different. That's pretty rad. <laughs> I'm into it. And it's Hairbrain Schemes. Yes. Which, uh, they've made Battletech, and uh, they've made a few other things. Uh, they've yeah. made, they made the new Shadowrun games, which I'm not crazy about, but I love Battletech. I actually backed the Shadow uh, Shadowrun Returns way back in the day. That was a long time ago. And one of the things about Shadowrun Returns, which I, I never got around to doing, but you could create your own maps and, and modules and everything else, your own adventures, full adventures. That's why I got it, and I never got around to doing it. <laughs> I was really hoping for a exploratory world like you had on the SNES version of uh, Shadowrun, but it was more just uh, scenario-based. No, yeah, it was scenario-based. It's fine. It's a regular old role-playing game. They came out with several sequels. But yeah, yeah they- uh, th- this... Lamplighters League is full of charm. If you ever, uh, if you get uh, those of you who haven't seen it yet, go to watch the trailer. It's fun. Nice. Yeah, I love I love the look of this. The aesthetic they got going for it is really fun too. Um, next you have uh, Surviving the Aftermath, which is a uh, post-apocalyptic uh, uh, city builder, I think. Yes. They're, uh, they're actually the terraformer bomb- too. The bombs have dropped, and it's your job to uh, take care of things and, and rebuild. Yep. There is a uh, – this is Rebirth, which is a expansion, I believe. Um, and it gives you some new stuff like a basic terraformer and environmental station and all that stuff. It's It looks pretty. I'm always, I'm always after a good city builder. Also comes from the guys who made Surviving Mars, which I love that game. I, I have it. I haven't played it yet, though. Hamamon. Hamamon is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then, a little personal favorite of mine, they announced Knights of Pen and Paper 3! And it's actually coming out in two days. <laughs> actually, coming out today, actually. I have uh, when, uh, a time a Pen and Paper game, but I hear so, that everybody loves these games. Okay, so here's the... Uh, ha- have you played one of these games, uh, Scott? Uh, no. Okay. So the conceit is, is that um, your actually doing a pen and paper RPG and the GM is there and you're leveling up your character who's leveling up their character. There's all sorts of meta in this. <laughs> they also have galaxy of pen. And, they have the science fiction version of this too. But yeah, basically you're not leveling up your PC. You're leveling up yourself. And uh, each player has an archetype. Like one is a role player. The other one is like a munchkin, you know, I'm just different types of players. So they they add bonuses to their characters that they that they're running. 
So the idea is that you're not just playing with the characters in the game, but you're playing with the players of the characters outside the game? Yeah, you're leveling up the role players who are leveling up their characters. Nice. And you have a GM talking about what's going on, and it's very non-serious. Because basically the GM is just a friendly GM and he's saying this is uh, 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 you have to go to here and this you know so it's it's fun. Um, we already talked about Age of Wonders for um, like I said it's uh, Heroes of Might and Magic meets my uh, mag- Master of Magic. I see that we're getting more uh, more Stellaris. Yeah, Stellaris first contact. Um, basically, it's before you launch. This is basically your you get to play the story of how you got into space. That is cool. I like that. They uh, they do some pretty good stuff with their major expansions on Stellaris. I really like the beh- the Behemoth expansion. Yeah. Um, basically, basically, they're telling you uh, they're giving players a chance to tell the stories about how their civilization got to go into the stars. Oh man, I wonder what it's gonna, like if you can play every race in this one. I wonder what it's going to be like to play the the bug race that <laughs> tries to eat everything and how they <laughs> run the spaceships. Well, one of them turned to the other and said, "Listen, I'm hungry, but uh, all the food here is boring. Let's go out there and see what's what what we can feast on there." They were just sitting on the couch and like, "Do you want to you want to eat out tonight?" <laughs> mm. uh, that's fun. I love it. Like I, I've been playing Stellaris since the very beginning, and I really enjoy the expansions they do for the game. Speaking of harebrained schemes, this game is not by them, but uh, they've announced a new mech game called Mechabellum, which is um, an RTS mech. So you you build you create Oopsie. your own mechs. Uh, it's basically an RTS, but with mechs. Ah, nice. Very big uh, Starcraft like. Either StarCraft or uh, Red Alert Generals. Developers Game River. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Command and Conquer Generals. The developers game uh, is is a Game River. Um, they have never released. This is their debut game. They have another yeah. game that they're working on, which hasn't been released, called Out of Hands. And that's basically a weird card game that that's really weird. <laughs> it's the strangest card game you'll ever play. It's it's always interesting to see if these games can sink or swim in some capacity because well remember yes it's not as lively as it used to be. On let's here. remind let's remind everybody this is Paradox who's curating these games, so I think you you can have some confidence that they're not going to put out a stinker. Right. And Mechabellum is coming out in May. Um, the Xbox version of Victoria 3 has been delayed. They're going to be releasing it soon. They're, in the meantime, they're releasing free content uh, next week. I still have not played uh, Victoria 3. It is a, uh, a grand strategy game, except it's more making decisions on how you change society, more than just conquering this and conquering that. Speaking of which, uh, Europa Universalis is getting a new expansion called Domination. And ah, when did Europa Universalis 4 come out? It must have been like... This game's been out like what, ten years, fifteen years, and they're still putting out con- they're still putting out content for it. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2013. Okay, so ten years. Uh, Crusader Kings Three is getting another expansion, tours and tournaments. Um, it's basically exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it also looks like they're doing an update to the travel system because you used to not be able to move your ruler unless you were in a war with another nation. Uh, yeah, I see. Here's the thing. Crusaders 3, Kings 3 could be dumbed down just a little bit, you know? It is ridiculously complex. It could be for it to be dumbed down just a little bit. 
<laughs> I like it though. Like the the stuff that they've added to it over time has been pretty fun. I like the idea of being well, able to finally move my ruler when I feel like it. Look at all the DLC they released for Crusader Kings 2. In order to get all the ex- all the expansions, it's like you'd have to spend three hundred dollars. It's like yeah. insane amount. It's not as bad as uh, Sims, where like Sims. 4 no, it's worse. It's yeah, worse. It's like seven hundred, eight hundred. It's worse. Crazy. Um, across the Obelisk Wolf Wars DLC, I haven't really paid attention to that game. It's a uh, it's a furry game, I think. <laughs> Uh, just wolves and, and furries. There are indeed wolves, and also like, there's like night wolves, but there's also like regular dog wolves. So like, how's that work? <laughs> That's always a weird thing in things like these, where you have standing, sentient, talking wolf people, but also dog pet wolf. There's Animal Crossing where you have owls that you talk to, but then you'll see owl on the the bulletin board. Then you'll like, uh, what was it? There's like a, there's a hamster in a cage that you can give to hamster villagers. Uh, so it's just some crazy stuff sometimes when you really think about it. Check. Because I'm pretty sure you can buy Knights of Pen and Paper for like three bucks these days. Oh no. Um, well, that's, oh yeah. So you know how much Knights of Pen and Paper 3 costs right now? $12. That's pretty good. You can buy the, um, you can buy Knights of Pen and Paper 2 for $8. So, um, yeah, I mean, these, these are very simple RPGs, but they're full of charm. So if, I might check it out later, get Knights of Pen and Paper 3, you know, in, this, in the short future, because they're, they're fun to do. They're very meta. So let's talk about uh, the big game that was announced that made everybody's heart a Twitter, and that is Cities Skylines 2. Right. So, okay. Tell us your love for City Skylines, DJ. I've been playing uh, City Skylines since the very first vanilla version came out. 2015, yeah. Uh, I love the game. It is. It filled that gap where SimCity broke my heart. Uh, <laughs> it, it broke everyone's heart, DJ. Yeah, that's true. There's also another game. If I remember, Cities XL. Yeah, that was that was that. Eh, it was okay. It was Cities Skylines. Between, like, the expansions and the mod support. But even the vanilla game was pretty dang good. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Like, being able to build, being able to, like, build your roads and then district your cities and then put up the power and water and and sewage and then watch them pop to life and then watch things go terribly wrong if you did something wrong is, like, it's hilarious fun. I love that game. Uh, one of the things, um, I hate to disappoint people, but Cities Skylines 2 will not be in Unreal 5. It's going to ah, remain in yeah. Unity. Uh, it still looks gorgeous. I mean, they said it wasn't gameplay, but I could tell that it's that what they were showing was going is basically the accurate target of what the game's going to look like. Yeah. And uh, like they're, they're, they're talking some big game here, being able to develop a... Uh, you can unlock 150 map tiles to use. Okay, first uh, let's go, let's go to let's go to the news item. City Skylines two achievements reveal hailstorms, rat infestations, and 150 map tiles in a single city. And this comes to us from PC Gamer. Uh, one of the biggest shortage, uh, shortcomings in 2015 City Builder City Skylines was the map tiles players were allowed to build on. The buildable space on a map was a grid of five by five tiles, 25 in total, and only the 
and of those available tiles, the players could only unlock nine to build their cities on. Mines were quick to remove that restriction, allowing all the tiles on the map, which was nine by nine, to be built on for a total of 81 tiles. City Skylines 2 was announced today, as we just talked, and it looks like modders can sand down. The maps in City Skylines will allow you to unlock a whopping 150 map tiles, quite a leap over the original game. This information comes from the Xbox achievement list for uh, City Skylines 2, which was also released today, perhaps accidentally. Several sites like Xbox Achievements and True Achievements are displaying the full list of 40 achievements, which combine to award 1,000 players points towards your gamer score. One of those uh, achievements, Everything the Light Touches, awards 50 points for unlocking the 150 map tiles. There's also Things Are Not Looking Up, Experience a Rat Infestation. The size of golf balls means you experience a hailstorm. And you little stalker, follow a citizen's life path from childhood to old age. That's fun. I always like that about cities, is that you can, like, you have this bird's eye view like any city builder. Yeah. But you can also just get down, get intimate, get real close to any given citizen walking around your city and just follow them around. I remember, I remember when they were saying that they were going to do that in SimCity 4 or something. They did that in SimCity 4. Was the, it was the reboot SimCity that did not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I I don't know if I would ever build a 150-tile <laughs> city because that's, like, a lot of work. Uh, well, we don't know how big the tiles are, so. But, um... But I also, like, I completely lost my thought. <laughs> but Yeah. I'm, I'm betting you experience a rat infestation if you don't, if you don't uh, move the garbage out soon enough. Like, if, if the garbage starts piling up, you get the rats. I remember what I was going to say. This seems like the kind of game that when you, if you were to achieve building 150 tiles, <laughs> you better have a good machine to, to render that much city. <laughs> Who says like, it has to show all of them at once? You know? Sure, but I don't know. Like when you when you're up in the sky in the bird's eye view, looking at 150 tiles worth of city, and that so, game looks gorgeous. Like this could. I wonder how much this game is gonna chug. So um, let's talk about wish lists. Uh, mine is because, like I mentioned earlier, I downloaded Cities in Motion. I'm hoping that they have a full public transportation. Uh, module that really gets into the nitty gritty. Like you have to place the bus stop here, place the bus stop here. Like you did in SimCity 4, by the way. That's what you did in SimCity 4. You place the bus stop here, bus stop here, and you had to figure out a way to lessen traffic by having your public transportation. Then you have your subway and all that stuff. They had that in SimCity 4. I'd like to see it in City Skylines too. I would like. <laughs> By the way, the fact that they showed airplanes landing and other buses and things t- makes me think, yeah, they're doing that. I would like one of the things I missed from SimCity that I that like has never really been represented in City Skylines. Uh, there has never been like big disaster. And maybe am I wrong? Has there, has no, there I mean you had to you had to get a um, you had to get a DLC for City Skylines to get the big disasters, if I remember correctly. Uh, I would like that in the vanilla game on day one. Like we're talking like have I would a, like have a meteor game. strike the uh, the city. Yeah, or I would like Godzilla attack. to crawl out of the Godzilla ocean. attacks or whatever monster it is for that Sim City or a UFO attacks. Like I I miss I miss disasters. 
in uh, in the Sim City games. I would like that to come to City Sky uh, City um, Skyline too in some day. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy the disasters. I don't. <laughs> giant giant Godzilla comes to town or whatever monster it is for that I game. Mean, also give players the uh, the option to toggle that stuff off if you don't want it, or just like make it happen on command, like you could in SimCity 2000. Here, the other thing is that you know uh, SimCity soured the taste of this for other people, but it would be nice to maybe have somewhat of a multiplayer mode where you weren't depending on someone else, but you could have sort of like a connection, like your people are going to work in that other person's city, that sort of thing. That would be neat. I mean, or just have it like you know not. You and a friend, and that's it. You know, just no one else. Or like, um, or how about this? Each of you take your own districts in the same city, and you build it the way you want. I think it would be fun to do it where like you could be a co-op. You could play it co-op, but you could also play it a little bit competitive, where one person handles one tile and another person handles another tile. And you build, like, competing cities and see who can get the most citizens fast. Or maybe the same city and just seeing who has the better part of the city. Yeah. There's a lot of options they could go with here. I really – I was really just, like, floored to see that City Skyline 2 was happening because I really just thought that they would keep adding on to City Skylines forever. Yeah. Um, there's also apparently going to be weather if Hailstorm is any uh, – about it. Tornadoes are one of the disasters that could hit your city in SimCity. Oh yeah, they were putting a big emphasis on whether on like it was it was CG obviously, but like did you see how much they stopped on like weather effects like raindrops yeah. or snowflakes in that game or yeah. in that trailer? Well, here's the thing. I, I think what's going to happen is that like in really cold weather, you're you're gonna it's going to have a drain on on your power because everybody's turning on the heater or whatever or just too hot. That sort of thing, and you know, if you have to worry about flooding and stuff like that. Yeah, especially if you dig irrigation ditches that lead the water directly through your city. They should have terraforming, like good terraforming. That's what I want. Well, speaking of terraforming, go ahead, Scott, take the next one. Okay. Okay. Evidence is mounting for an upcoming Minecraft Bedrock World Editor mode. This is from PC Gamer. First reported by Eurogamer. Open. Oh, sorry. Uh, first reported by Eurogamer, uh, a Minecraft-focused account by the name of Roger Badgerman uh, shared a 45-second clip of a purported Minecraft World Editor, a functionality that would allow for rapid, large-scale changes in Minecraft world or construction of a massive structures on the fly. The innovation here would be implementing such a feature in Minecraft Bedrock, the retail multi-platform version of <laughs> Minecraft that took it. Just in case you didn't know, Chav already has builders, lots of builders. Uh, Minecraft, a multi-platform, sorry, multi-platform version of Minecraft that took it to such a superstar heist of the tablets of nephews and little cousins the world over. As your gamer alerts, to, uh, sorry, alludes to, such functionality has been hinted at in data mining for the while well, now, like in this post from Minecraft add-on developer SmokyStack. The classic hardcore Java edition of Minecraft has mods that allow for large-scale editing for a long time, and these are sorts of tools figure in many of the community's impressive viral builds as well as premium purchases in Bedrock editions in Game Store. Java also has many uh, adventure maps, uh, any kind of map that you want to play, there's yeah, and Microsoft, good on them for allowing people who have the Bedrock uh, edition to buy them. Yeah. 
Uh, Badgerman's clip shows off a some intuitive brush-like tools for crafting blocks in Minecraft world, and he also demonstrates the copy and pasting of everything from individual blocks up to massive structures. The functionality captured by Badgerman is impressive, but we've yet to hear official word from Microsoft on when such a feature may be planned to come to Bedrock. So yeah, I wonder if this is the beginning of the slow merger of Bedrock and uh, and uh, Java. I don't because, think you can merge those two because they're on different languages. No, nah, I mean, you can merge it. You can just say, okay, Java's over. <laughs> just go to bed. It has everything you want. You still have to have a Microsoft account to play on the Java version anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah, this is good for Bedrock, obviously. Bedrock players would like to uh, make their own maps and make their own adventure maps. And, and sell to Java players! <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not buying them, but oh, I guess there's others that might be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Java players can get maps for free and, and skins for free and all this other stuff for free because it's all just by, made by the community. Right. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, Minecraft uh, Legends. That's coming soon. Uh, you know, in relation to. Yeah, I downloaded it already. Oh, okay. You can you can preload right now. Uh, one other item that's minor, but I'm pretty sure TJ would like to talk about it, is that uh, Metal Hellsinger is getting a DLC, Dream of the Beast. It's coming out with two new songs yeah. and a new weapon. They're getting stuff from, if I remember correctly, Laguna Coil, which I'm familiar with them. They are a very good band. They're a very good heavy metal band. Two, two, uh, uh, two um, them, Laguna Coil and uh, what's the oh, Two Feathers. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Two Feathers as much as I am Lagoon. Lagoon. Ah, sorry. Lagoon <laughs> Coil. And Lorna um, Shaw. And Lorna Shaw, Shaw is the other person who's doing who's doing vocals. Nice. But uh, more music for Metal Hellsinger is a delight. The, one of the best things they did about that game was that they actually went out of their way to get original <clears throat> original music from all the bands and made sure that it would be like copyright protected against yeah. people trying to do takedowns on it. And so the that best, was a uh, that was a neat trick they pulled off for that in a, in a world where it's very 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 difficult to live stream video games with licensed music. And the best part is that it's going to be free. It's a free update mm-hmm. coming out on March 29th. Well played. That game is the game is a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and it's on it's on Game Pass too. <laughs> yep. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um. Another item I'm going to talk about, which is disturbing and funny at the same time, uh, Twitch is addressing the live streaming of explicit deepfake content. Have you heard of this? Uh, apparently, uh, people have been taking deepfakes of female streamers and having them do naughty things on Twitch. Oof. Grody. Very not cool. So Twitch is, uh, you know... Updating the adult sexual violence and exploitation policy and the adult nudity policy. Then they're working with some safety experts on the cyber civil rights initiative. And finally, they get some very scary shit because, like, we've seen some of the stuff they can do with that stuff. Also, yeah, yeah, but let me let me complete here. And a creator camp will be held on the 14th of March with an NCEI expert and a manager at the Revenge Porn Helpline. The fact that there's a revenge porn helpline is bad enough. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is extremely gross. <laughs> you um, think? And it's a scary reminder of just how bizarrely, just how bizarrely deep fake stuff can be used to really hurt people. Like, because they're using real people for this. They're using the likenesses of real people for this, which makes it even more messed up. Yeah. For those who don't know, deepfake is a computer, uh, what's it called, recreation of a, of a person. Um, they, actually, there was a Russian commercial that, uh, that had Bruce Willis in it. Um, and Bruce Willis uh, consented to it. I'm just saying. But he never had to go to Russia to do it. They just did a deepfake of him for the commercial. Mm-hmm. They do that on uh, several commercials, actually, and not just there. I mean, here as well. I forgot which one it was, but they had one or two of them. It's just disturbing, especially as an actor, because that means you can someone say, "Well, I want this type," but we can just create this type. I mean, yeah. we've we've seen seen some of the effects of it where they had like a a young Luke in the Mandalorian. They also had a young Leia. Um, no, that's digital. That's that's not a defect. That's uh, digital. It's not defect, but it's the same premise you're using someone else's face on somebody else's body and then no the, you know, a, a deep fake would be more like princess leia in uh what which one was it um uh, which star wars film was it um which had a young leia and a really fake looking uh uh uh, uh oh god grand moff tarkin uh, which one was it it was rogue one it was rogue one and they had a really bad fake leia and a really bad fake grand moff tarkin Mm-hmm. I think that's what I was talking about, yeah. But I mean, they, they've done it in other ways too. Like they had a young Samuel L. Jackson in one of the Marvel movies, and I think yeah, but that's him. They they just take they just take the um that's digital editing. I mean, whenever Tom Cruise has his shirt off right now, those are fake pecs. <laughs> I'm sure. Then you have uh, Michael Douglas being de-aged in certain scenes of Ant Man movies. That sort of thing. Oh, they de-aged uh, Jeff Bridges for Tron, uh, for Tron for the Tron sequel. I'm just saying, I think that's a at least a positive use of the technology. Yeah, but using yeah. it for revenge porn—that's just. Oh yeah, it's terrible. I know. <laughs> Hell, I saw there was a thing the other day that uh, a bunch of right-wing grifters. Well, right-wing. Grifter. A bunch of right-wing grifters were using it for something fucking terrible. I can like, imagine. I don't. I won't even go into details because I don't want to give clout to anything like that. Oh, isn't it nice that Gamergate is gone? It's like yes. A, a deep. It's like something a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Now we have even bigger things to worry about. I guess. Yeah, but at least it's not people on Twitter just spamming your your messages of why you don't like something. It's like, oh god. <sighs> just go away, please. Thank you. Complain about being canceled. <laughs> we are less than twenty days from the ca- from the Resident Evil Four remake. Are you counting down the days till Resident Evil Four? There, Jonah, it's going to be the best game of the year. It's I'm counting be. days to to Trials from Azure. That's what I'm counting days to. Okay. Uh, uh, I also heard that that one's pretty dang good. Didn't reviews drop for that recently? Am I am I? Yeah, they have it? some reviews for it. Yes. That's the one I was seeing recently. A lot of people loved that game. Mm-hmm. By the it's way, just, yeah, go ahead. It's a sequel to Trials from uh, Zero, and it you know predates the uh, Cold Steel series, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's coming out soon. And now you'll officially have 
the whole line of you know the first the first nine games available to the West for the first time. You know what's landing on Xbox Game Pass tonight? What's that? Guilty Gear Strive. Nice. Yes. Yes. They uh they have been working on a crossplay update for the game for quite some time, and I think they finally rolled it out in full to go along with the Xbox launch. Um, which means that players on PC, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox can now compete against each other. And you, Kuni, go ahead. I was just saying that's awesome. I, I like the cross-play features. I'm glad uh, companies are working to do that. Yeah, and you know, Kuni Two is coming out later this month on Game Pass too. Nice. That's a great game. Yeah. Uh, Valheim is coming out next week, but it's just a preview. I thought Valheim was already released, or is it just released on PC? Just released on PC. Okay. Because the console game preview version is coming on Game Pass next week. Excellent. Are you Do you play that in, anymore, Scott? Yeah, I, I play it on occasion. Okay. Anyways. Uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with the issue news and our Gaming History articles. We enjoy feedback, so just comment to our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Shard Ramar. By the way, you were posting some interesting stuff there on Twitter, TJ. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, just just some long, rambling stuff. I forgot what it was, but at least I know what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> I do a lot of non-sequiturs in between sharing my work. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.